Yeah, awesome, man. It's it was such a an awesome, I think, real intimate time of worship. I think one thing that has really stood out to me about today was when I came here today and there was a bunch of people outside. That was phenomenal because last year that did not happen. Um, but it also tells me something about the people that are here today. It just tells me how hungry you are for the Lord. And I, I really pray that this message that I do feel that the Lord has given me to share to you um, will really challenge you into spaces. And let me just qualify this. This message is going to be an encouragement. Um, yeah, so... Take it as an encouragement. Whatever I say tonight, just take it as an encouragement. And um, may the Lord really bless you through it. But not only bless you, may He speak to you. And I always, there's this word that, that is used. I actually heard it first from Pastor Louis, and it's just this invi uh, an invite. But with the invite, there's a challenge. And uh, I believe that's the message for tonight, and I think a lot of the times that is the case with the Lord, is that there's this invitation, but there's also this challenge, and uh, when we accept that challenge, we grac graciously grow in who the Lord is, and you know, I was thinking about in preparation for tonight, and how, you know, when, when Jesus left the earth, he spoke to his disciples, and we can see this recorded in well, there's two instances, Matthew 28, and then there's also Acts 2. But I'm going to refer to Matthew 28 today. And uh, before he left the earth, he said to his disciples that they should go and make disciples, that they should go and baptize those disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Specifically, one thing that I've always found so beautiful about that scripture is that go and teach them everything that I've taught you. And uh, tonight is the first night that we're gathering this year. I mean, we gathered quite a bit towards the end of, of last year. And um, I don't know, who, who was in last year's uh, gatherings? Is there there's some remainders? There's some people who were, yeah? Um, you know, and I've, I've thought about this, and I, I think about this probably, you know, a lot of the times. The other times I'm thinking about Nicole, my wife, so... <laughs> But I, I think about this a lot. Um, and I, I think about this idea of going and making disciples. And I, I often question my own life. And I think to myself, well, am I really doing that? And uh, how well am I doing that? Because that's, that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal of Christianity is that we would participate in the kingdom and we'd be known by Jesus and fully known by him. And I think to myself a lot, man, am I, am I going out? Am I discipling people? Even in my day-to-day, -day, um, you know, just the way that I interact with people, how well do I show the love of Christ to those people? And I guess it's, it's easy to get into a space where, you know, I listen to a sermon or I read scripture and then I get super excited and, and I'm like, yes, Lord, fill me fire, all of those things, you know, it sounds great, anoint, you know, anoint me, pour oil over my head, whatever I want to do, but then I don't go out and I don't actually make a difference in the world around me. And it's great that I can come into a building and I can worship with other believers and I can, you know, we, we can worship God together and then when I leave, when there's neighbors in need or whatever, I'm not there. 
Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that coming here, like these are all good things. Please continue to come to church because it's important that we come and it's important that we as, as a community get together and as a community we, we're sharing fellowship, we're sharing the word, we're sharing prayer, we're sharing who Jesus is. And when he touches one person, he touches other people. Because if he touches you tonight, I can guarantee you you're going to make a difference somewhere else. But the point that I'm saying is, it's great when we can do all these things, but it needs to have an end result. And that's what it means to be the church. It means to have an end result. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about three things tonight. Number one, we are all called to the church. Number two, we all have purpose in the church and outside of the church. And number three, God saw it fit to give you guidance in the community that you're in. So, for example, well, I'll get to that just now. <laughs> I'm going to read some scripture, and I'm going to invite you to, to turn to scripture. We're going to be going through quite a bit of scripture tonight. So it's going to be fun. So get your Bibles with you, probably your phones. When I say Bibles, get your apps out. And uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Verse 42. Actually, I'm going to read a little bit before then. The reason I'm reading this is because it was something that we touched on last year. And uh, we did a whole series going back to basics. And it was really around this passage of Scripture, Acts chapter 2. But I'm going to read from 38. Let me just see what I have in my notes here. So I have quite a lot of Scripture down here. Cool. From verse 38. And uh, I'm going to start reading. And it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Interesting enough that Jesus said that we must go and baptize each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. As many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged him, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. And uh, let's move to 42. And then he said, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Now, bear in mind, who devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings? Those people that got saved. right? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Every, sorry, wait, to, uh, yeah, okay. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. And every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So one thing I just want to highlight about this passage of Scripture is that when you read from 38, Peter's talking to this crowd and he says, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus. And then in 39, he says, For the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off. When I say that we all called to the church, I mean, I said last year that when we come to the church, there's n you can't come to the church without first going through the head of the church. 
I mean, it doesn't make sense to be a part of the body if you haven't been connected to the head, who Jesus is, is the head of the church. And, and this promise of salvation is for everybody. So when you come to the church, the promise of salvation is for everyone. Who God sees fit, God sees it fit for you to be us. So that means that you are called to the church. You are called to be a part of this body, of this local body, of the universal body. You are called. You are purposed to be here. And when I say you purpose to be in the church, I don't mean that you just purpose to sit in a seat. That's not what the church is. But I mean that you are called by name to be a part of this community, a community of faith, where we can come together, we, we can sharpen one another, when we can encourage one another, and we can actually go out in the same mind. That's what the scripture said, that they held all things in common. And the centralized, the, the, the thing that kept them central together or uh, together as like one body was Jesus because that was the common goal. And everything about who Jesus is was their common goal. And that's why they could get come together as being completely different. I mean, I look around here and I mean, there's just such a, a vast majority, like differences. I mean, there's probably people who like sport. There's people who like art. There's people, you know, who like that show and then this show. And it's like a miracle that all of us can get together and we can be so friendly towards one another because we're so different. But that's the power of being known by Jesus and having the power of the Holy Spirit in this community. We are called. We are all called to be a part of this local body and a part of the universal body. So even if you go to a different church next week, guess what? You're still called to be a part of the church. But if you are actively pursuing Jesus and you have a relationship with him, he's called you, he's ordained you to be a part of his body. And one, one and I mean, I, I, you know, I was just going through scriptures when I was, looking at this, and there's, there's so many scriptures that I could really just bring out now, but we're going to stay here forever if I do that. So I'm going to go to Hebrews 10. It's Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Since he promised, since he's promised, who he is, sorry, since he who promised is faithful. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. I've always, you know, one thing I've, I've always questioned when I was um, reading this, or whenever I read this passage of scripture, I'm like, who wasn't gathering? Who was like neglecting the gatherings, you know, because because I'm pretty sure that, that we can call on, like, just in our minds right now, maybe a couple of friends or family members be like, I know that person that's not attending. They should be attending, but they're not attending. And I think it's just cool because the Lord is actually just like, pray for them kind of thing. That's what I see. I read between the lines there. Pray for them, you know. Pray for them to come to church. But the point is that church is not just this place where we come together and Great, I'm giving a message today, but that's not the only thing about church. Because when I read that passage of Scripture, it says that they should provoke one another to love and to action. I mean, imagine going out of your way to provoke somebody to behave 
in a way that represents Jesus. Because the world often provokes people <laughs> to act differently to Jesus. But the scripture is actually saying that when we come together, we should actually be provoking one another to, to, to actually love. So that literally means when I come to church, I should be provoking Mamiela to love people. That I should, I should be provoking him to, to live out Jesus. Because that's what happens when we get together. And it's not necessarily something that I do. It's something that happens supernaturally because I know that I belong to Jesus. I belong to this community of faith. And therefore, if I belong, number two, I have purpose. I have purpose. I'm going to go all the way to the beginning of the Bible to show you that you have purpose, to show you that you have meaning, to show you that you have worth, to show you that you're not just yeah because you're just yeah. No, you're yeah because the Lord has ordained you to be in a community. He's ordained you to be active and involved because He's placed purpose on your life. Because anything that God breathes out of His mouth does not have purpose. It always has purpose. Everything that He breathes into existence will always carry out an assignment. One that came from the one who authored life and spoke it into existence. So if you're sitting here, that means that God saw it fit to speak you into existence. And if he saw it fit to speak you into existence, guess what? You have purpose. Because that's who God is. He's a God of purpose. There's, there will never be a day that God will do something, and then we can ask him, Lord, why did you do that? And he'll be like, I don't know. Just, I just kind of did it. I, I don't know why I did it. No, he, he has everything that he does is filled with purpose because he's a God who doesn't make mistakes. And in Genesis, I told you I'll take you back. In Genesis, let me go to my Bible. I had it, yeah. In Genesis 2, I'm going to read from verse Thor, uh, verse Thor not Marvel. Yeah. Verse 4. <laughs> And this is, you know, it's, it's interesting because in, in, in chapter, uh, yeah, chapter 1, he talks about how he created the earth and everything, and then he created man. And uh, chapter 2 is kind of an extension of that. And uh, it says from verse 4, verse 4, These are the records of the heaven and earth concerning their creation at the time that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. No shrub of the field had yet grown on the land, and no plant of the field had yet spr uh, sprouted. For the Lord God had not made it rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. But mist would come up from the earth and water all the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust. And one thing that we should also notice here, ladies and men, uh, when it says man, it's talking about humankind. Okay, so just to be politically correct. Uh, the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. And the man became a living being. That's kind of, that's personal. You know, in uh, Psalm 139, it says that the Lord knit you together in your mother's womb. I don't think he was literally there like <laughs> knitting you. But, but the point is, it's a personal process. That for you to be here today, 
the Lord actually saw it fit for you to be on this earth. That talks about intentional design. That he would go and he would breathe his breath of life into humankind. That he would knit us together in our mother's womb. That speaks of purpose. And with that, I'd like to encourage you to go over to Matthew 25. I'll give you the scripture now. I really need some water. There's a great parable that Jesus told. Some of you probably already know it, but it's um, the parable of the talents. And this has been a scripture that has been brewing in my heart for probably two, three weeks now. Um, But it's from verse 14, and I'll read. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each own's ability. Then he went on a journey immediately. The man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off. He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Now I'll put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. Clearly, he didn't know his master. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talents in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you shouldn't have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest where I returned. So take the talent from him, so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But for the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this nice, good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, when I look at the scripture, and you know, Seth can tell me if I'm wrong, because that's a theologian there. Uh, <laughs> but when I look at this, you know, I see kind of, it's just, it's like Jesus saying, I'm going to go. And when I go, I'm going to trust you 
with much. I'm going to trust you with things. But when I come back, well, I mean, you're going to kind of give an account as to what you did with that, what I entrusted you with. And when I say that you have purpose, I mean that you have purpose because God wants you to do something. Not only in this church. I want you, I want you to actually stop and just think broader than just this building right now. Although God has placed you in this community, God wants you to do something in your spaces of influence. So my question to you is if you are called to the church, and if you have been brought to this earth intentionally with purpose, what is it that the Lord has entrusted you with? What are the talents in your life? And when I say talents, I'm not saying like, are you a good singer? Can you make a means to you? No, I'm... What has God entrusted you with? Because there's going to come a time where our master is going to come back. And we're going to have to stand before him. Whether you have... Whether you've multiplied your five talents or whatever it is, we're going to have to stand before him. And we're going to give an account as to what we did. Because we're either going to hear you are lazy servants, good for nothing, or well done, my good and faithful servants. Well done. And isn't it interesting that the ones who are faithful to our Lord Jesus are the ones that actually get more. But on the other side, I want to say this, is if you're sitting here today and you feel like you don't have purpose, that's a lie. If you're sitting here today and you feel like oh, there's no point in engaging, there's no point in participating, because, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of going through the motions, the Lord is standing in front of you and he's saying, come away from that mentality and come to a mentality that breathes life into your life. Because in the beginning, he breathed his breath Go like this. Just anyone, just, you know, Phil, do you, do you have breath? Who's got, who doesn't have breath here? Because we need to whip out some prayers today. Mom, Yella, get ready. Because if you have breath, you have purpose. And if you're sitting here, you're not sitting here by an accident. You're not sitting here by an accident. And the Lord has called you to do things. He's given you what Pastor Sitler loves to say, and I wish he was in the room, an assignment. Because I, I love having conversations with Pastor Sitler. You should try it. Good conversations. But he's given you an assignment, and only you have been given that assignment. So what does your life look like in light of the gospel? Do you sit, like I do often, and think, Am I really living it out? 
Am I really living a life that is worthy, that is sold out for Jesus? And I would even go as far to say that being upon, you know, apart from like the whole, you know, out of darkness kind of stuff, which is kind of, when I read that, it doesn't always feel so great. But the point is, apart from that, like, I, it's not even that that makes me want to follow Jesus. It's not even that that, that makes me want to serve Him. It should be out of that sheer joy of just being known by Him. So, so I can think about that, and I'm sure that can motivate me to a certain degree. Um, but I don't want that to be my motivation. I want my motivation to be, I want to I make my master proud. I want to I please my master. Because my master saw it fit to give me purpose. He saw it fit to give me life. He saw it fit to take me out of my brokenness. And even in my current brokenness, to love me, to care for me beyond that I could even understand. And this life of, of being active with the Lord and, and being a part of a community, being a part of the church and living out our faith on a daily basis, it stems from this place that our God is personal. He cares. He loves us. Because if He didn't, he wouldn't have been on that cross. Because that cross there was the biggest, greatest love statement that was ever made. If you want to know how great the love of God is, go back to the cross. You are called to be in the church, you have purpose. And you have a talent. What is the talent? How many talents did our master give you? Look at your life. Sit and think, Lord, what have you given me? Where have you placed me? If you have purpose, guess what? God also saw it fit. Number three, God also saw it fit to give you guidance while you're in community. So when I'm talking about living out the church, I'm talking about being a part of the church, not just sitting on a seat, but actually being a part of the church. If you want to know how to do that, go and read Acts. Great way to learn. Be part of the church to have purpose, because now you all know that you've got purpose. You all know that God has placed you in certain places for a reason. He's given you assignments. But now while you're journeying and you're doing these things, when you're living it out, He's also given you guidance. Acts, uh, not Acts, I need to get off of Acts. Ephesians 4, and I'll read from verse 1. Okay. <clears throat> I trust in the time that it took me to get to Ephesians, you also found yourself there. So therefore, the, therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Interesting, it sounds like community again, bearing with one another in love. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope. 
at your calling, you've been called. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. He gave gifts to the people. You each have a talent. But what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? For the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all of heavens, of all the heavens, to fill all things. And he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Okay, when I said that he's given guidance to the local community, I mean that he's given prophets, apostles, leadership, elders, all of those wonderful things. So when you hear us talking about, you know, leadership and elders and all of that, it comes from the Bible. That's basically what it means, is that the Lord saw it fit to place people in a community to help guide the community. For what? It says, yeah, equipping the saints, equipping the saints. That's, that's us, like we are the saints, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son growing into maturity with the stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit, but speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. So when I look at this passage of Scripture... I see Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus. But I would go as far as to say that he's speaking to the whole church because there's only one body. There's only one baptism, one God. There's only one Lord. There's only one Christ. And when he left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to live out as Jesus while we are on earth. And in our spaces, the Lord has called us to make space for other people. When I say spaces, that, that's up to, I don't know where you guys find yourselves in the week, but all I know is that where you find yourselves in the week is where the Lord wants you to what? Anyone? Kind of asking now. What? To live out your purpose. Because you've been called to the church, you've been called to Jesus, you've been called to his church, and you've been given a purpose and a mandate while you're here on earth. And, and when you see, when you come into these spaces, this is why community is so important. It's because I might be uh, preaching and be like, like I was preaching, I have leaders, and I'm pretty sure that my leaders have leaders. Either way, the point is it's always good to have spaces of accountability. So when you come to church, when you gather, it's important that we're busy discipling one another. It's important that we're busy growing together because the head of the church is Jesus. And the Lord has ordained us to grow into the maturity, to the stature and the likeness 
of Jesus. So while you sit here with purpose, while you sit here being called to the church, the Lord is actually He's not only inviting you into the church, He's not only inviting you into a space where you realize your worth, your value, that, that He's given you purpose. He's actually inviting you with a bit of a challenge to actually step into that purpose. And I can guarantee you there will probably come a time, not because I'm a modern day prophet or whatever. I mean, I think I've got a little bit of a gift of prophecy, but that's besides the point. The point that I'm saying is there will come a time where this is not going to happen. And we're going to move back to an online platform. Not because I'm prophesying, yeah? Just because I read the news. And, I mean, it's coming. <laughs> we cut it off in Jesus. <laughs> there will be a space in time and I just want to, you know what, actually, this is what I, I, I really pray. That whether we find ourselves here in church or whether we find ourselves on Zooms, which I can guarantee you now I much prefer this because I can actually, it just feels proper. But the point is that the Lord has a plan for each and every one of us. And it's going to look different for some people. It's going to look maybe the same for others. I don't know. But the point is, that he has a plan. And when we get together, when we have, you know, even in the next couple of weeks, it's not always going to look like this. We're working around the clock to see what we can do um, in terms of actually a little bit more engagement as a community where we're busy discipling one another. And my prayer is that it will get to that. But today is just like the welcome back. Um, hey, how are you guys doing kind of thing. But Going into to the next couple of weeks, we're planning on doing physical breakout rooms, obviously remaining uh, safe to the protocols and everything, but actually having some discussions. And I want to encourage you in this next couple of weeks to really engage. Don't engage for my sake. Engage for the Lord's sake, because he's, he's called you here. He's seen it fit to place you here, to bring you onto this earth. And you all sit with an amount of talents. And the question is, what are you doing with it? And we here as a, as a church to, to come alongside anyone, to support anyone, to, to walk in discipleship with anyone. But you all need to take those steps. And I encourage you to take those steps. Because you'll be surprised as to what the Lord will do in and through you. And I came here today and I saw hungry people. I saw in the worship a hungry people. Let the Lord make you even more hungry. I'm going to pray for us. and Before I pray, I, I want to encourage you in this next week to, to sit with this one question. Lord, what are the talents that you've given me? Now I'm going back to the parable. What are the talents that you've given me?
and ask the Lord to reveal what is placed in your hands. And then invite the Holy Spirit to show you how to multiply that. So Father, I pray for us as a community and just the, the sheer joy of being able to physically meet again. Father, I pray that in this next week, as we sit in our own spaces, uh, just wherever we find ourselves, where we go quiet before you, Father, I pray that you would reveal what talents you've placed in our hands. And I pray that when you reveal that, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us. Give us strength in Christ. Give us strategy in Christ. And show us how to multiply that which you have placed in our hands. I pray a blessing of your presence, your tangible presence on each of us here in the room and those that are watching on Zoom. Because we belong to you, Lord. We have a place in your church. We have a purpose in your church. And we have the means to walk into maturity and to grow into a stature of maturity. So I pray just a blessing over each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.